0: All right, you guys are going to get notes from Brother Mike, Hey, Brother Kelly. <laughs> We're going to start a, uh, a series here. So that's new for me. And, it, and the title is The Real Church we're going to talk about the church, all right? Some of you may be new to the church, new to the idea of church, coming to a church. And uh, this will help you. If you've uh, been in a church for a while, it might be a way review for you. And uh, uh, I think it's going to be a good thing for all of us. And uh, thank you for those that maybe this is your first time today at church. All right? Thank you for being here. I'm Pastor Chris Barron. Uh, Thank you for coming to Faith Bible Baptist Church, and this is our moving up day for our our children going from one grade class of their Sunday school to the next, so I think that went very well. I didn't realize we were supposed to stand up here and parade, so everybody stand up and we're going to make a circle so everybody knows who you are, right? Yeah. Just look around and wave at people around you and say, hey, welcome to the new class. Right, Were you no longer seniors, we are adults, right? And like Brother Jose Rodriguez, who was preaching this uh, last Saturday at breakfast, he says, uh, he might be old, but the Bible still refers to us as little children. So I thought that was pretty good. Uh, thank you, church, for the gift to the Sunday school teachers. So if the church didn't know that, we typically give them a gift. For teaching all year, so I think I think there's a there's a certain amount for a teacher and a certain amount for assistant. So uh, if you didn't know that church, thank you for doing that, and we appreciate uh, that you uh, gave us that gift today. So pray for the, the new classes. Some of them are new rooms, and some of them are new teachers, new grades. So we did a lot of moving around. Uh, things were put up. Uh, curriculums were ordered. Some of the curriculums were messed up, so we got them. And uh, we're going to work on it this month. I'm going to make some assessments as we go on this month to see what we're going to change and what we change, if we're going to stay with them or not. So be very flexible and be very kind to the teachers, okay, and their assistant. they got a lot on their plate. And uh, help uh, Brother Keith and myself. As we're acting as the superintendent of the Sunday school, trying to arrange things and put it in order uh, in that way. So, you got your lesson by this point, right? If you have a pen, that would be good. Now, the lesson, it seems to me that they already gave you all the verses there. So, but I would still encourage you to bring your Bible. Okay. A lot of times when they do that, and I notice on Wednesday night, we have all the scriptures written for you there. It's one thing to have that for help as a tool. I don't have a problem with that. But I would strongly suggest that go ahead and open up your Bibles anyways if you feel uh, uh, it, is, it is a little bit better if you've got the Bible open. Uh, Colossians chapter number 1. We're going to start with Colossians chapter number 1 and verse number 18. Colossians chapter number 1 and verse number 18 so thank you for all those that prayed for my trip uh there was a little hiccup on the beginning part of the trip uh lose a week and a half got delayed some of you knew that and uh but i think as the as the time went on it went a little better in fact coming home was uh a bit a bit better so thank you for those that prayed and wednesday night this coming wednesday night Pastors has asked me to preach, so I may take time to explain exactly what I did. A lot of people thought I did certain things that I'm like, whoa, that's surprising to me. I didn't do that. So I will give it to you in one full, uh, I guess, session so that uh, if you ask me, at least I can say, hey, look at Wednesday night at this date. And He explained it, everything that he did. So uh, not that I wouldn't ask, uh, I didn't mind you guys asking me directly but it will help us to know what actually there's so much that happened that i feel like i can take time on wednesday night to explain what i did there in preparation for april of next year so that's all part of it uh colossians chapter number one and verse number 18 again thank you for all those that facilitated the changes in sunday school some of you are not here some of you are in other ministries today this morning i appreciate all of you that worked well painting rooms moving things hooking up uh um, boards and uh moving cabinets we're not done yet and so i want to thank you though publicly for doing all of that you know who you are and more importantly god knows who you are and uh we're very thankful for that all right colossians 1 and verse number 18 the whole theme is real church okay if you saw the 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 drawing it's kind of like a church and then they peeled it off and says the real thing so we're going to talk about the real church. Uh, obviously, this is a curriculum from uh, Striving Together Ministries there, Brother Paul Chapel. And on the beginning, I wrote at it because I'm going to borrow a lot of his things. And he says right here, don't worry, I borrowed a bunch of these things too. So this is not all originally his, but it's a forethought and a thought that maybe in our circle as independent Baptists kind of uh, maybe have. And uh, we'll, 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 deep, we'll, we'll, we'll dig deep into it. All right, Colossians chapter 1, verse number 18. Pardon me, the last time I preached, I preached again in full subwano. So my mind is uh, a little bit combobulated here. <laughs> uh, 118, it says, if you're, if you're there, just follow along. And he is the head of the church, or head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. So let's pray. Lord, we come to you this morning, and thank you for all the things that uh, preparation for the moving up day of Sunday school. Thank you for the great amount of people that is here this morning. Thank you for the children, and uh, thank you for the teachers. Lord, I pray that you'd uh, bless even the students uh, as they're listening. Uh, I pray that you'd help me as I teach the adult class. Lord, help me, guide me, guide my thought, clear, uh, clear my mind. I pray that I would say the things I need to say. Lord, I pray that we would learn, Lord, what you, your view on the church. And Lord, uh, I pray that we would be a help to us, those that are new maybe in church attendance. Maybe they're just coming for the very first time, or they've been coming just recently. And Lord, may it also challenge those that have been coming for a long time. Maybe a, a reminder of things. Maybe we have forgotten what a church is. Lord, I pray that you'd bless us as we continue now. Ask that you would uh, guide us again in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. The head of the church is very clear here. The body talks about. And we know that be the Lord Jesus Christ, if you read the context of the Colossians chapter number one. So in this lesson, you got the introduction there. In this lesson, uh, we begin a study of that which Jesus loves profoundly. So much that he gave himself for it. All right? So we're going to talk about the church. Uh, We're going to talk about... Uh, The one thing that Jesus loved so much that he recorded in scripture in Ephesians, that he died for the church. Okay, Ephesians 5 verse 25, it says, Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. So, what you're participating in this morning is a local body of believers. This is a church in this local area called Eden, New York. And... God says that he loves this place so much that he gave himself for this church. Okay? Now we understand that the church is a multiple different uh, entity. Uh, It is also an incorporation according to New York State and according to the federal government. So we have a status to them. They view us a certain way. And they also uh, is viewed as a facility. So we have facilities here. We have a building here. We have a billion back there. So that is also... Can be determined as the church, okay? But more importantly, I think what God is talking here is the local body of believers, the individuals that form the church, okay? And that's what we're gonna talk about more throughout the whole lesson. And we might we might uh we might look at a few different aspects of what I just said about a, being a, a building or being a, an incorporation, but more so the body of believers, you individually that are members of this church so if you're not a member of this church uh i would i would i would ask you this question uh why why not and that's a decision you have to make nobody forces you to be a member of any church and if you are a church-going person why do you not have a church that you belong to so maybe a question i should ask you that okay and uh, obviously that entitles not just the spiritual aspect of a church being formed together but that has ramification in the sense of incorporation so if you're that's why you hear in our church we mention things like you are a bona fide member meaning you're part of the incorporated membership okay because the state views it that way as well all right uh throughout the new testament christ places a high priority on the local church okay in these lessons we will understand better how Christ designed the church to function, okay? How we can love and invest in it and how we can be built up and enriched through the church as we grow in Christ, okay? It's an establishment that God established, an institution that he established for the purpose of growth, all right? For the purpose of Christians to get together, and to grow. So I don't want to skip ahead of time. There's a lot of notes here I have for you. I don't want to skip because they do a fine job. As I looked over the whole lesson here, there's 13 lessons. I don't know if I can finish one in one session. But uh, I'm going to take my time, and I want to explain some of these things as we go. The word church can mean wildly different things to different people. So before we even get started, let's take a moment to briefly define it biblically. Let's look at what the Bible says about church. The church. Now, when you look at the church, the Bible does not define for us an incorporation. Okay, that's the state. The state defines that. I was a missionary. And as a missionary, there is no occupational uh, status in the federal government, the IRS, that marks me. I'm a missionary. Thus, I report my taxes this way. They don't view it that way. I have to fall into a self-employed. Okay, that's what they call a missionary, self-employed. I get a 1099, all right? I don't get a W-2. I don't have an employer, okay? I am self-employed. So, in the view of the state, they view the church that way as well. They can't put us and define us because they don't use the Bible definition. They use the corporate, worldly definition, the business side of things. So, okay? So, I hope you understand that. Uh, It says here... A New Testament church is a local visible assembly, okay? The emphasis of the New Testament is placed on local church, okay? This is the place where we gather with a body of believers to grow, learn, worship, give, and serve. There's a bunch of verses, as you notice in your notes as we go to it. We'll back some of these things up. So, it is a local place. A lot of times, it's a local place. Why? Because... We are limited in time and space. We're human beings. We're limited in time and space. And so if we gather as human beings, we don't, need, we don't need a specific time or place to meet with God because God is a spirit. He's everywhere at every time. So wherever you are, you can meet with God, okay? And so some people say, well, I can worship God anywhere at any time. You're absolutely true. I have no problem with that. But when it comes to the church, he says, I want you to worship with other believers. There's the difference that it presents for us, that we mess up when we talk about worship. Okay? So, local, visible assembly. Why? Because we're limited in time and space. I'm a human being. I was gone for three weeks. I could not possibly be here because I was in Cebu, Philippines. Do you understand that? Did that make sense to us? Okay, I don't have a problem with live streaming, and that is a benefit for those that are not physically able to go to a local assembly, because there are some that have ailments that they can't leave home, they're bedridden, or they're sick at the moment, and that's a way that they can connect with us in a virtual digital form. That's no problem. But if that is the diet you have, then may I I challenge you, that's not enough. That's not enough. If that's the diet you have, that's the only thing you view church to be, then you are already against scripture. I can go to Revelation chapter number 1, 2, and 3. Those were local churches. There were local places at the time that they met at those places. Okay? Corinth was a local place. Thessalonica was a, 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 a local place. Colossae was a local place. Philippi was a local place. It was a place they gathered. There was certain believers there that gathered at that place. Do you understand that? Okay. Comprised of regenerated membership. Generated means that they're saved. All right? We are degenerating. Because once we were born into this life, we are sinners. Right? We needed a savior to regenerate us. We are degenerating. As soon as we're born, as soon as we're formed, we are already way down, all right? Physically, God has left us a marker to show us that sin was a real thing. Just look at yourself 10 years from now and see if you have changed, correct? We grow old. That's a sign of the sin-cursed world. And truth of it is, we will die, okay? A local visible assembly comprised of regenerate membership. Members of a local church should be saved people who know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Okay, one of the things we ask, I believe in this church, before you become members, is we ask if you've been saved and you've been baptized. Okay, those are the two things we ask before we ask you to be a member here. Okay, now there's other questions that will transpire depending on where you come from. If you're coming from another church, guess what? A good pastor will ask, why are you coming here? I know you go to that church. Right? All right, don't get lost in that. Let's keep moving here. Separate from the state, the local church is under the direct authority of Christ himself. He is the head of the church. Thus, the church must be autonomous, free from outside control, and free to answer to Christ. Jesus himself is the head of the church and the pastor is not the head of the church the pastor is the human representative of the lord jesus christ that's how he has handled his business all along when he first formed even israel he talked to a man moses was a representative of god representing god to the people and then representing the people to god that's the way god does it and so uh, as a pastor i'm only here to do god's bidding. God says that this is what I want to happen. As a pastor, I say, yes, sir. I will represent you to your people. That's what my job is, okay? Uh, I'm the human representing, representation of that, uh, that our, our Lord. Not that I'm God. I'm not God. But I'm his human representative. <clears throat> and thus, I carry his authority. Humanly just like as a father carries the authority to the children at home. Do you understand that? Okay, Colossians one eighteen it says, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. In all things, he might have the preeminence. Jesus is the direction giver, the leader of the local church. He literally purchased the church with his own blood. Look at Acts 20 and verse number 28. Acts 20 and verse number 28. Acts 20 and verse number 28, Take heed therefore to yourselves, unto yourselves all to the flock, over to which the Holy Ghost had made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he had purchased with his own blood. So let's go back to stewardship. Stewardship and ownership are two different things. I am not the owner of the church. I did not purchase it with my blood. No pastor shed their blood for their church, right? Only Christ can claim the ownership of the church. Who owns the church? Class, God owns the church. You mean this local assembly here at Eden, God owns this place? That's what he says, according to the Bible. And I have to believe that, because I'm a Bible believer. So this local church, Faith Bible Baptist Church, is God's. It's God's church, right? And me, talking about here, this is a responsibility given to the pastor to do what? Let me read it again to you. To take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock, over to which the Holy Ghost had made you overseers. We are to watch over the flock. We have to know what's going on in the church as a pastor. And you know, as I'm coming in as a new pastor, coming in April here, you already see me asking questions. Why do we do this? Who's in charge of this? Why do we do it this way? Correct? That's my job. Why? Because I'm assuming responsibility of this place. As the overseer. As the pastor. And going back to the corporate side. They call you the president. Of the incorporation. So I have legal ramification to anything that happened here i am answerable to law that's the state okay that's the state side now looking at me i'll be the president so if something happened in this place criminally or any kind of civil dispute i am answerable as the pastor because i am also the president of the incorporation so you do not think i'm a bit serious about what's going on you understand why i'm questioning things that are happening you know why I'm going to the teacher and saying, why are you doing this? Why are you teaching here? Because I take my job very seriously. You understand that? Just like I would to my, to my children. Right? I asked my wife, what did you guys do for three weeks? You think I have the right to ask what happened in three weeks I'm gone? Because I'm responsible to those children. In the birth certificate, I am the father. You understand all of that? Okay. And so as the overseers, I have stewardship to lead the flock of God, to feed the flock of God, and other things. I mean, we talk about the pastor some other time. And the pastor also is accountable to the congregation. There's verses in Scripture that tells us that if a pastor does not do the thing that a pastor should do, he is accountable. Why? Because I am not God. I am a human being, just like you. You understand that, right? We're all accountable to each other. I'm the head of the home, so my wife has no right. No, Bible, Bible gives you clear, clear, clear teachings that I have an accountability to that woman because we're married. She has the right to know who other woman I was fellowshipping with or dealing with in the Philippines. She has every right to know what I was doing. I was, I was gone from her. She has every right to ask me, why are you talking to these people? Right? She's not the head of the home, but I'm accountable to her as the head of the home. So is in the pastorate. I'm accountable to the people. If the people come and ask me, why are we doing this? I better have an answer. I might not be the answer you want, but I'm going to give you what I think what I believe, and what I know from the scripture, and I'll give it to you at the time that I know it. Some things you'll ask me, man, I've not thought about that, honestly. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to research that out. I'm going to do my due diligence and, and try to figure out that situation. Okay? So it continues here. It says, comprised of regenerate membership, uh, separate from the state, and it was purchased by his own blood, so God owns the church. The local church is not ours. Thus, it is not ours. It is his. We are owned by Christ. He called us out, and we belong to him. We owe our loyalty and love to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let me put a point in here. Would you think if Jesus owned this church, he's the owner of this church, and he deals with you as his children, and if he has put in your heart in the sense of led you, every Christian is led, not just certain people every christian is led everyone is to have a walk with god where god tells us what he wants for us on a daily basis every christian not just a pastor not just people in ministry not just people seemingly doing the ministry but every born-again child of god god has a personal walk with you so in that regard You are then led to go to a local church. Who gives you that leading? Do you find that in yourself that I'm going to pick this church? Some do it that way. But can I suggest on a spiritual basis, can you ask God which church you should belong to? Is that far-fetched for me to say that? God will lead you to a church. If you are one of his children, he says, I want you to belong to this local church. Correct? Correct? Is that a decision we just make on our own? Or is that a decision, yes, we have to make it on our own. And humanly speaking, I can't make you choose this church in the human side. I can't make you choose for you. But God and you, God is your God. Nobody else is your God. He's your God. And as his God, he wants to direct you as a Christian. And so you and him then make that choice. You make that choice what church you belong to. And as you go to a local church, then we are, yes, loyal to the Lord Jesus Christ. But eventually, God will make you love the church you're going to. Correct? Just like for me and my wife, God directed me, led me to this woman. Now, this other woman is in my life that I was thinking about, yes. There was other woman that I actually prayed for. Yes, absolutely. But God did not open those opportunities, and those doors never happened. But when the Lord led me and said, maybe about this lady here, when we started the relationship, and that panned out, we're going to be married 13 years in November this year. And so we we made a choice. God led us to each other. She made a choice to want my my approach to say, hey, can we start a relationship? She said, yes. Okay, can we make it a little bit more serious now? I I, I intend to marry you. Can we get engaged? And she said, yes. And on the marriage altar, she said, I do. I will marry you. All right? And we we had that, that commitment to each other. But God is the one that led us to do that. But guess what? You cannot deny me to say this to you. I love that woman. Correct? I think it goes the same for the church if God truly led you to the local church here at Faith Bible Baptist Church, you cannot not be weird to say, I love this church. you understand where I'm coming from? Are we making sense here? The institution of marriage, husband and wife, is instituted by God, and it's also the church instituted by God. You see the parallel there? It's not that different. Am I making sense there? So if I say I love this church, can I mean that and really say that? I do. I left the Philippines because I was given opportunity to take a position at this church. Guess what? I prayed over that for a year. And when the decision came and God led me, we are here. And guess what? We are going to be here. We're buying a house. It's going to happen. We're on all the way. Problems, good times, fun times, benefits, privileges, disappointments, irritation, we're all in. We're here, right? That's how it goes, because that is life. It was not all wonderful, all those 13 years, if we're honest. It's not all wonderful every day, but we have commitment. We know this is God's leading. I'm going to stick to that woman until the end. And in the church, God may move you. God may move you to be in a different ministry. That's happened for me. I left. Ten years ago, I left. God literally said, you need to leave and go to the Philippines. And I did. And just as he did now, it's time for you to be done here. Go back. So guess what I did? I went back. All right? I can't blame any of you for that decision because it was God and me that made those decisions. You understand? Okay. Okay. So, we're not the owner of the church. Then that plays a question. So, that means how committed I am to this because I don't even have no ownership. Well, you have this. Just like the pastor, you have stewardship. Pastor preached it, okay? Jeremiah says that a pastor is a gift. And that gift is best used in the church. The pastor's best place to operate his ministry is in the local church, right? Unless you want me to do individual calls, I'll go to your house individually, and we'll, we'll have church at your house individually, which I'm open to that. We call that counseling, if those that want it. And so, but my best place as the gift of God to the people is the local church, okay? So, in the church... Is where, as a pastor, I do what God wants me to do best in the church. That's my realm of authority in the church, okay? So, as I am a steward of that, you as a member, then, as you come to this church, you are a steward of this church. You're a steward of this church. You don't own it. According to the scripture, God owns it. But you and God have a relationship, and God led you in this church. God has something for you to do in this church. Who leads you in all of that? The preacher? The preacher might be used to do that. As the human representative, I can might say, hey, we need a Sunday school class teacher or a substitute for this class. Or we might need some help in this area that we're trying to do. But at the end, you have in God and you have to say, yes, I'll do that. And so as a member of this church, you are a steward of the church just as the preacher is look at ephesians 5 verse 23 for the husband is the head of the wife even as christ is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body when we think about the local church and the future glorious church that will be assembled around christ we recognize that we as a church are comprised of blood-bought believers who owe our allegiance to christ as our head the local church that uses scriptures as its sole authority in faith and practice is the real thing. Okay? It's not perfect because it's comprised of real people. All right? Real people. Real Christianity has ugliness to it because we are sinners. If we're honest with ourselves, we have things we are being worked on by our God. If we're honest. We can say it honestly okay we have things in our life because we're sinners that god is working on it could be anger it could be jealousy it could be uh apathy it could be lack of care it could be many many things uh but uh but god is working on us individually perfecting us all right perfecting us making us like jesus christ look at what child spurgeon said okay okay if I had never joined the church till I had found one that was perfect, I should never have joined one at all. And the moment I did join it, if I had found one, I should have, I should have spoiled it, for it would not have been a perfect church after I had became a member of it. Still, imperfect as it is, it is the dearest place on earth for us. Okay? So in our consumer mindset, as Americans, all right, can I speak this plainly? In our consumer mindset as an American, sometimes the church is looked at as a grocery store, maybe, or a, uh, a company that produces service. And I have no problem with that. We have to do service. Uh, the preacher should be studied. The preacher should know the Word of God. Uh, the pew should be nice. It should be washed and clean. If we have AC capability, it should be on. It should be working. I understand all of those things. Okay? The door should be washed. The handle should be accessible. Right? Light switches should work. Okay? I understand in the consumer mindset, we have to be able to perform in that way that we are caring for people as they walk into our door. Safety. Okay? We have safety in place. Security detail in place we have usher and the purpose of an usher is to help facilitate things that are needed okay we have teachers to care for children so a lot of those are wonderful i'm not knocking any of those things but we're not just consumers we're a living organism this is not just walmart you understand the difference there okay when you come to this church it's like going to somebody's house it's like going to mom and dad's house, right? You will consume things at mom and dad's house, right? I freely open the fridge at mom and dad's house because they let me. And I grab the diet Pepsi that I like or the diet whatever I like in there, right? Right? Because I'm welcomed there by my mom and dad, right? Do we understand that? And if I can help my mom and dad in facilitating uh, any kind of change that needs to be done in the home, like if that needs the roof done, he can freely ask me because I'm his son. I want to help, help me do the I have. Uh, I'm not obligated necessarily because I'm a busy man. All of us are busy. But as a, as a father and a son relationship, I have some obligation there. Can I say that? I, I want to make sure that dad is happy because I love my dad. And so I'll help my dad. Do you understand all of that? The same in the church. Okay, the same in the church. We're all in it together these are our pews we are stewards of these pews correct we give together collectively as a preacher i don't i i i do give correct i do pray when it comes to inviting people i try because i am steward of the church correct and so may i suggest that you have the same stewardship as a member Collectively, we give so that we have nice pews. Collectively, we give so that our ceilings are painted, that our walls are painted. We get new speakers. We got new pulpits. We got books. We got pianos maintained. Do you understand that? So it's not like we're employed as employer employed by, by, by Walmart necessarily, but more as a family, we have responsibility to each other and to this place. Correct? When we think about the local church in the future, uh, let me continue here. Uh, When we gather around Jesus in heaven, we'll find a perfect church then. Okay? But until then, we thank the Lord for giving us a place to encourage and be encouraged through relationships and a place to grow through the teaching and preaching of God's word. Although no church in this side of heaven is perfect, it can be authentic and genuine. It can be authentic And genuine. We could be real Christians. In this study, we want to identify authentic church life and learn how to better follow the leadership of Christ in the church. We begin at the most natural place, the beginning. The church had a real beginning. And that's intro and we're done. Lord, time is gone. And I pray that you'd help us. There was things that were said that was a lot. And Lord, I pray that with humble hearts, we would think about it. We'll ask questions. We'll think about it and study it. Lord, I pray that we would find that we are stewards of this place. As a member, we have a responsibility to this place and to each other, to each other as brothers and sisters. I pray as we learn these lessons, as we continue, I pray that you bless. In Jesus' name, amen.